This is a special episode of Alohomora, recorded live at LeakyCon 2014. Hey everyone, and welcome to our live Alohomora podcast here at LeakyCon Orlando. <laughs> All right, Professor McGonagall, it'll be all right. So, for those of you who don't know us, we're going to introduce ourselves really quickly. My name's Caleb. I'm Laura Riley. Yeah, Miller. No, Fried. Michael Harley. So, how many of you guys are regular listeners of Alokamora? Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. We're excited you're here. How many of you guys just came to so today we if you listen to our show regularly you know what we do for for those of you who don't what we do is we take a chapter of the harry potter series every week and we discuss it right now we're in the middle of order of the phoenix and dumbledore's army is just getting formed so if you want to catch up on the episodes they're all online but when we do live shows we do something a little bit different uh, we talk about things that are related to the books, but also kind of what's going on in the Harry Potter world outside. So most of you probably know that J.K. Rowling recently released um, a little bit of new material on Pottermore. And someone's really excited about it. <laughs> uh, but J.K. Rowling gave us a little bit of an insight into Harry, Ron, Hermione, and a few others down the line at the Quidditch World Cup. So a little bit of new canon material, and not too consequential, but it kind of made a lot of ripples in the Harry Potter fandom and the way the media perceives it. So a lot of what our panel is going to be about today is J.K. Rowling adding to the Harry Potter canon, even though she's writing uh, no more books, at least right now, and how we feel about it. So we are going to kind of just gear into, should J.K. Rowling stop adding to the Harry Potter canon? Or do we just want to take in as much as we can? And it'll trickle um, into other things as we talk. And then we're going to hear from you guys whatever we have toward the end of the panel. So, Michael. Yes? Are you a big fan of Pottermore? I'm a big fan of the new information. Okay, so start us us off, Michael. Tell us what you thought about the new material on Pottermore. Um, I think it was, for, for me personally, it was really exciting to be able to live in the world again and see, especially with the new uh, recent updates, to kind of see actually what's going on in the world currently right now. Um, that was really exciting to know that those updates from the Quidditch World Cup were actually supposedly live. Um, so that was really exciting to go back and live there again. Yeah, I think, um, if I can back in, the new Pottermore material... I'm, I'm someone who's always, and I've always said this on the show, a little bit in the anti-Pottermore camp, more just, not her, the information is great, just in how hard, not, it's just not the easiest to access, so I just, I thought it, for how kind of small the information was, for how much the media responded to it, their headlines were saying, you know, J.K. Rowling's new practically Harry Potter book about it, and that was echoed that echoed over the time when she released the interview comments about also stuff that happened down the line with the trio. So it's just interesting that that's what we have now. Because, yeah, what we got was not a new Harry Potter story. 
there was like a half a percent of new information. <laughs> no, like really, that's it. Like almost nothing. And it was completely blown out of proportion. It is a new Harry Potter. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so, I guess I want to pose the question to you guys. How do you feel when stuff like this gets released and Pottermore is obviously going to keep trickling out, uh, do you guys get excited over it or do you kind of react in a little bit of a way of like, guys, calm down, like it's not that big or do we feel that same feeling that we get when we had the books? I'm sure not really, but I am pro Pottermore always. I love Pottermore. I... I am caught up on it. I have 100% on everything, obviously. Like a dream uh, boss. Yes. <laughs> I still can't beat the bother. I have like 12,000 coaching <laughs> points. I mean, I'm on there all the time. I love Pottermore. I, th- I think Pottermore could have done a little bit better. I know in the beginning it was uh, Sony, I believe. Now she's with, uh, I forget, uh, the new company. I don't think we know yet. But um, I think it just could have been done better. And I know they have to incorporate how many millions of fans every day, but... Some of the graphics, some of the games, it should have been changing all the time. And everyone was just going off of that information. It is changing all the time. You have to go back longer. It's true. I've been on for a while at, at this point. So. Yeah. Good for her for making that world. Anyway. The artwork's really pretty, though. Gorgeous. <laughs> but even, Kat, what you just said, that you have to go backwards. Like, we, almost, we have to, like, work for our information now, which isn't, you know, fine, but... It's not just being presented to us like the book release and we know it and we can have it and buy it and it's there. I mean, we have to kind of really seek it out and put time and effort into getting it and remembering not just for the new stuff being released, but go back to like if we've already beat the bogger, now we have to beat it again. Yeah, I think everybody would prefer an encyclopedia. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the missing thing in the Harry Potter fandom. It is. <laughs> but I mean, the promised encyclopedia that never was. She could be working on it. For all we know, it could be in the works. I don't know. I don't think But it is funny because um, whenever Deathly Hallows was released, and that was the last Harry Potter book, we obviously still had movies, but there was always there was this like missing the new material for for so long. We didn't have any new Harry Potter material to to enjoy, and then. Here we are several years down the line. We're, what, seven, just recently past seven years, right? Yeah. For, since Deathly Hallows was released. And we're finally getting new material, but now it's like there's mixed reactions. And maybe it's a, we're all in a, a similar camp here because we're all at LeakyCon, but that was not the case when this Pottermore material was released. It's certainly not the case when um, Rowling did the interview with, I can't remember if it was The Guardian or some other newspaper that... Um, created a lot of firestorm about um, Harry and Hermione, Hermione and Ron, and then how the media responds to rolling adding pieces of material to the Harry Potter canon. So what are our thoughts on that? Okay, well, I have issues with just how, how much you have to pay attention to absolutely every outlet now. Like, even, I mean, the, the Ron Hermione comments, like, you couldn't avoid that no matter what you were, that was, like, headline but, you know, or news. Yeah. But other stuff like that, bits and pieces, like even Lupin, the Lupin backstory, we did a whole special episode on that. We were crying. We loved it. It was amazing. And But there's other stuff that's always being released and certain things get attention and certain things don't. And I miss things that way. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's almost a status thing now. Like, am I not a legit Harry Potter fan if I haven't read every single thing or heard every little bit of interview? 
it's harder now. Well, and that comes with all the different platforms that's being released on, right? So, like, the technology and how accessible it is to everybody. Like, Michael has the PlayStation yeah. games or whatever. The interesting thing with that is just quick survey. How many of you have actually been on Pottermore itself? Okay, that's everybody. Not the whole room. Okay. Now, how many of you have actually played actually played Wonder Book of Spells or Book of Potions? <laughs> yeah, four, or five, four, or five people. Five. And on this panel, just Michael. Just Michael. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, with that, the the expense to get something like the Book of Spells or Book of Potions, uh, because you need the package with the Wonder Book, you need a uh, PlayStation 3 and a Move controller and an iToy camera um, just to play it. And that costs over $100, obviously. And But there is a wealth of new information in that game if you really want to find out all of the canon information. Michael, is written by Michael do you only get the information if you uh, like beat, the, beat the chapter, beat the game, then get it? It's sort of like a prize. Yeah, you have to complete certain parts of the levels to actually get anywhere. So what if you, what if you just suck at the new game? <laughs> I'm really good at video games, but I, for those who aren't good, they wouldn't be able to read. There's someone Would you would you like to introduce yourself? I'm uh Elvis Dumbledore. So Elvis Elvis Dumbledore, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so we're talking about what, how we feel about J.K. Rowling adding new things to Pottermore, like the recently released material, and um, should she stop adding things to the canon in these pieces? And now video games. Have you played the Wonder Book of Spells? No. No. <laughs> Have you ever played a video game? Okay. <laughs> this is going to be really valuable for this conversation. <laughs> well, if I can comment on the video game thing, like, even I've never played the Wonder Book stuff, but I, I'm really jealous. Once I saw, I think you wrote a review for MobileNet or something about it, and I was looking and I was like, I want to Like, I feel like left out, but I'm not going to buy all that stuff that you said. And that extent, just talking financially, the video games are not the only thing. We've all been in the theme park this week, and that stuff, I guess, is considered extended canon, like even just walking around Diagon Alley. And there's little bits of things, and not everyone can afford to come to Orlando and pay the theme park tickets. And even now, there's a play being released. Not that's a very exclusive amount of people that are going to be able to see that and afford it. You know, I remember when uh, <laughs> Book Seven came out, though. People uh, were reading the book, and they didn't think the epilogue should be there, and considered canon. And it's within the book. It's within the parameters of the book. It's within the pages. Those people are nuts. No. <laughs> are they any more nuts than the people who are saying none of this extra stuff that JKR herself is penning is not canon? They are equally nuts. And anything JKR writes, in my opinion, is canon. Period. I don't what care about? where it's released, where it comes out. What about yeah, if it's not in the books, it's not canon. That's right. It's not in the books, it's not canon. It's agreed. The canon is in her canon. What about what she makes her say? Well, there, so everybody makes mistakes. There was, there was an interesting thing <laughs> with, um, uh, actually with Wonder Book of Spells because uh, in that it's revealed that uh, wizards who are not pure of heart who attempt to cast a Patronus are consumed by maggots. Right. Um, if, however, everybody everybody said, what about Umbridge? Why wasn't she consumed by maggots? And rolling, and, and the fans actually did, what was neat was the fans actually, actually did a lot of speculation. We actually talked about it a little bit on the 
And in the end, uh, Rowling confirmed the suspicion, or maybe she heard our suspicions, um, that pure of heart does not mean good. It means you are you're pure in your intentions. You think you're you com completely doing the right thing. Um, but that was very confusing when it was initially presented, and she, this was information that she still ended up having to clarify after she had presented the main piece of information. So, and it wasn't through other means. It was just through, I think, a random interview that she confirmed that. I mean, for goodness sakes, we found out that the Hufflepuff uh, hourglass jewels are diamonds on Twitter. Even just because you mentioned Hufflepuff, I mean, it's not like everyone doesn't share information. You know, I'm Gryffindor on Pottermore. There's material that's now exclusive to if you just get sorted into different houses. Those descriptions, all that Hufflepuff description, obviously we all read it, we all found it, but if we're calling technical terms, only the Hufflepuffs got that. Which is, you know, it's cool. I like it. Kind of. Well, I think we're talking about canon here, but it's actually more complex because there's story content of, of events happening, such as the Quidditch World Cup, and then there's commentary on those events, like extra extra tidbits, which I don't know if that's even canon or if that's just uh, like the canon law, uh, the, the law sort of underlying the book series. You know what I mean by that distinction? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean I'm kind of with Kat that anything that's said, that's said or is, is canon is just not. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not canon, I just don't know how I feel about it. Well, I love it. That's a thousand students at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a mathematics issue. Right. <laughs> right. We already know she can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I hesitate to bring in films into this, but if you're thinking about, say, for instance, Lord of the Rings, the extended editions, are they canon? You know, well, they, well they, are, they, are, they are adaptations, but at the same time, stuff gets cut because of, they need like a theatrical runtime that, that people can see that they push out. And so I think books are much the same way. You know, she could give us family trees uh, of, of everybody, because you know she wrote them in that cafe in the 90s, you know, of everybody in the Harry Potter series, but it, won't, it would be a boring book. That, that would be a sucky, sucky Harry Potter book. <laughs> Unless she really? wrote an encyclopedia, but then if that's an encyclopedia, is that canon? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Why is that canon and what she writes on Pottermore is not canon? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's not canon. I think it is. Anything that comes out of her head, in my opinion, is canon. That's Period. Yes, it is. It's Joe's world. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm not the authority to say, like, no, no, Joe. Like, just what you're saying, yeah, it's not real. We're just leave it. Just remember she's listening to this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's sitting right here. I mean, we have <laughs> She's on the same table. They say it's in I don't think that canon should be limited to a time and place. Uh, I mean, they, there, I guarantee there are some uh, authors who would uh, abuse the privilege of continually updating their own work. George Lucas is one of them. Um, but I think that we are in good hands and have always been in good hands with Joe. And if there's a detail that just didn't make it into the seven books when she was hustling to meet all the deadlines and wrote them, it's still part of my world. It's still part of canon for me. Amen. Yeah. How do we feel then about, like, with Fantastic Beasts being released, like, those are filmed? I mean, we've talked, we did a whole show on it, but that's another thing now that that's, it's it's the world, it's canon, but it's it's not even Harry Potter, really. It's it's the wizarding world, but it's not Harry Potter. Well, like the play that will be coming out about Harry's non-magical life, which will be super fun. The interesting thing with this is that, and that play, while supervised by Rowling, won't be written by.
by her, as I understand it. This screenplay for Fantastic Beasts will be written by her, but I'm sure most of you, if, if you know a modicum of knowledge about film, you will know that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to come in and do excessive treatments on that script, and they're going to edit the heck out of it, and it's not going to be exactly what she wrote. Um, and yet, because part of it will be, it is kind of canon, but it is also, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there are people from the original Potter films who are actually going to be involved in this. So there's an attempt to actually make the aesthetic of Fantastic Beasts continuous with the films. Um, so, and we know that the films are not book canon. I think it's going to be Harry Potter canon adjacent. Yeah, that's the way of okay. So we're talking a lot about what actually is canon, and that could probably go on forever, but I think a, a really important element is why she's adding to the canon. And this is where I think there's the sharpest divide between um, the ultimate fans, like we are all, all are here at LeakyCon, and the way the media perceives J.K. Rowling. Um, if you follow any channels of media whenever she, from when Fantastic Beasts was announced to even the Pottermore uh, short um, essay, they, the response in media, I saw articles in the Huffington Post, the Daily Beast, calling her, telling her to basically stop looking for more outlets of profit, um, as if J.K. Rowling needs more profit. <laughs> and I, I think that's something that we can all agree on. Um, I, I, mean, I won't speak for everyone. Please, later when we open it up, share your opinions if you disagree, but most of us, I would venture, would say that she is not in it for profit. Um, but maybe we can speak to why they think this way of her. Because it seems like J.K. Rowling, more than a lot of people in her sort of position, um, is targeted in this way. Um, when she, re- she chooses to open up the world of Fantastic Beasts, or she releases something on Pottermore, or she... <coughs> Does a deal with Sony to do a video game? Why? Why did they go after her so much after she has given the world so much? Especially after if you remember, she was on the billionaire list, right? And then she donated so much money that she got off of it. So it's still astounding that people say that. I, I think people, media outlets, they can't recreate what she's created. They they can't do it, and so they have to go after her about this because Harry Potter still affects everybody that has ever read it in such a way that if she writes new content, we're logging onto our computers within hours. Or if she writes, suddenly has this other book out, I mean, granted, not Harry Potter, we all drop what we're doing and we go get it because that is the impact. That is what she has had. So the media, I mean, they're just trying to, any article at all, and more more often than not, they're inclined to write something negative. Any media at all that has to do with this hot story that, that she is out because everything she does makes worldwide news. They're just trying to get views, man. That's that's what it's about. Well, and as as Elvis said earlier, <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I think there actually is an element of George Lucas um, because that's a swear word. But she was actually, I think that was actually addressed with some of the new information with the stuff with Ron Harry Hermione business and. Uh, she said it, she said it in a much classier way, but she super classy actually, but she basically said, if that's what I'm ever doing, then you'll know I've lost my mind. <laughs> um, so and she was directly speaking about Lucas. So Okay, so I guess do we wanna qu- uh, the question that you said the post uh, sorry, that wasn't words. Um, <laughs> 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 but should she stop? 
I do think we have differing thoughts on this. I'll go first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing that I, I want it all in one place, because I know we've touched on this, but, you know, it's so hard to, for everybody, what about that six-year-old person doesn't have Twitter, doesn't have a cell phone, uh, that loves Harry Potter so much and would die for that information, but can't get to it. Six year olds have Twitter these days. <laughs> Maybe, but not the ones that live in Africa. Yeah, I, that's exactly where I'm at. Which is... So, Kat, you say no stopping. No, I mean. But you want it all together. I want it all together. I want it in one place. Let's get let's yeah. in one place. That's yes. exactly where I'm at because. I, I'm very frustrated at this technological divide that's happening between the people that can have all of the Potter and the people that can't. I don't think that's what it should be about. I don't think that's what books were ever about, because books are so accessible to so many people. And it's not all bad. It's great that Potter is at their fingertips more, and it's a lot of it's free. Not all of it's money. But if I want it, I, I, she can do as much as she wants, but I want it in a form that everyone can have. Everyone can access it. I think from a from a business standpoint, uh, she's maybe she's even pressured to create some additional writing for games and uh, just just uh, just other stuff. She has to kind of prostitute her words a little bit by these businesses. Wait, she has to what? So I'm going to use the word. She's no, you prostituting <laughs> the word. Have to do any for Harry Potter? She can and has said no, probably to a million projects. Probably, we'll never yeah, find out about. Really so then, what are these choices? A book of spells is great, but is she playing those games or kids playing those games? You know, that was a Sony game, and uh, she made any, her side made a deal with the devil uh, exactly. on that Sony agreement. But that doesn't mean that it was any less uh, contented, or, you know, any less um, full of, of, of her love for everything that she does. That's true. Well, and to speak a little more perhaps positively about the new stuff that's come out, and because my my opinion, of course, no, I think she should keep uh, putting out information, is that um, the Wonder Book, uh, the Wonder Book of Potions and Spells are actually, they're beautiful games uh, for what they are. They have very nice graphics. They're, it's clever how it tries to make the, um, the Wizarding World immersive um, with new technology. And I know a lot of people throughout the years, um, have kind of demanded uh, a massive multiplayer online role-playing game of some sort for Harry Potter. And the closest thing we got to that, I would say, was Pottermore PlayStation Home, mm-hmm. if any of you ever got to play that. Um, and it's still up. It's very quiet now. Michael's the only one running around. Yes. No, no, no. We have, we have, we have playdates. We, we run around. We do. And, like, <laughs> photos of ourselves. and we dance in the green dust steps. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's, but so that stuff is being provided. It is, it is unfortunate that um, there is, as we were saying, that technical, technological divide um, between the can and the can't, but the fact that it is out there um, is, is very nice that we have those options. I mean, the video games were also, for what they were, uh, in my opinion, they were also quite lovely, and they had canon information with the wizard cards that were in them. That was the first appearance of all those wizard cards, so... So my thought, I, I mean, I definitely agree that, no, she shouldn't stop. And I had a lot of similar concerns. I mean, when I read the Harry Potter books, I was completely obsessive about them. I knew every single detail. I could list off the members of the Dumbledore's army, people who were in the slug club, things like this. I wanted every single thing I could. Um, so when the technological divide, for lack of better phrasing, started, I was a little frustrated by it. But now that I'm getting older, I... I'm not as concerned about it as I used to. I think it's really great that 
um, it's being able to be experienced in a lot of different ways and that different people can connect with it in different ways. Um, because I think no matter what, we will always still have the books. Um, I, I think that it's great that Joe and whoever is keeping it alive in different ways. And I'm not as concerned about missing details or missing things as much as I used to. I don't know if that is coming with getting older and you know being more far removed from the books, but yeah, I'm not as I'm not as worried about the divide anymore. Does that could it also be you're valuing the new content a little less? I don't think it's that because I mean I still whenever I woke up to the Pottermore thing being released in like 15 text messages, have you read this? Um, I still like logged on to Pottermore and like was enraptured by reading new um, work by J.K. Rowling. So. I'm just not as concerned about like, little things like not being able to play a video game. Because the things that matter, in my opinion, are available to everyone. Pottermore's free. Get an account. Hey, Elvis. Hey, Derek. I mean, I would more or less agree with, with what Caleb said here. And, and I think that uh, the Pottermore stuff... Um, is in a way extraneous that doesn't make it uncanny. I think I think there is a, a priority uh, that we have to assign to all the, the works collectively, and that the, the priority is the books. Um, in terms of that's the story that she wanted to tell, uh, perfect or imperfect, that's the story that there is. And this other stuff is just meant to really satisfy that need within all of us to to live in that world a little. Each of that, that's what those things help us to do. The the update by Rita Skeeter, for instance, recently, it's like, what's Harry Potter up to 12 years later, you know, or, or so? And, and that just helps us to uh, deal with the loss of such a great book series because it's over. So I, I, I support the reissuing of this content, and I, I, I look at it as canon. Uh, I look at it as that friendly update from Joe saying, Here's what they're up to now. I know you. I know you missed this. Here you go. What makes me happy is that clearly she's still thinking about it like every day and still living that world in her head, which makes me. Really, really you think happy. she's having trouble moving on? No, I don't care if she is. If you read this, <laughs> no, she's clearly not having trouble moving on. She's writing a new fantastic series. Like if you guys haven't started reading the Cormoran Strike books, you need to they're because amazing. those books are amazing. Yeah. Um, but like you said, she's still connected. So. Right, which is great. I mean, that's all we yeah. want, right? I, it's, it's nice to not have know that she hasn't completely left it behind. So even you see people like Jen Rackle Floodside, who just wants to, is, he's grateful for it, but he's like, all right, I'm moving on now. And an author can easily do that, especially with such a huge worldwide phenom- phenomenon. And you're like, no, we're not going to talk about it anymore. I'm someone else. I'm Robert. <laughs> but she, she's still thinking about it and making us happy. So we've certainly talked enough, and we hope that you guys have some thoughts on the matter. And we would love if you have a question or want to share your thoughts on these things. We have a microphone set up here in the middle. Feel free to come up, and we will all chat together. Please say your name. Yes, I was. Um, Is this on? It's on. Yeah, just talk loud. Yeah, okay. So I'm Talia. Yes, I was at MistyCon. Um, I had a couple things to say, so I wrote them. So about um, the media, like being all negative, I thought, well, uh, so a lot of times the media like seems to 
build someone up. And like someone like J.K. Rowling, you can only build her up so far before sort of like J.K. Rowling did this and it's awesome gets like sort of boring for the news people. It's not boring for me, but the news people kind of like want to tear her down a little bit because if you're just talking about someone positively for so long, then people want to like dig deeper and find out all the not so positive things which is something that I've noticed. So I think that's why they might be getting a bit more negative about it. Um, yeah. But we will never do that at all. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not yeah. saying that, I'm not saying like all like yeah, yeah. media no, people. I'm just saying that like a lot of media people sometimes do that. Um, so come get your news from us. Yeah, no, I do. Um, and the important thing about that is to, to note is that, of course, rolling, I think, is very aware of that because that's who Rita Skeeter is. So, yeah, no, right. that's, that's what I was thinking, is that Rita Skeeter is one of those people, like, she did in Harry Potter, like, Harry Potter was all famous and stuff, but then she wanted to, like, figure out why, like, figure out bad things about him, just why, like, most of the book was she was being really judgmental. Yeah, um, and I also agree about, like, wanting to have everything in one place, um, uh, mostly because I actually can't access a lot of things. And I know you, you uh, Caleb, said that Pottermore is free, but computers aren't. And computers that can run Pottermore are actually really expensive. And I actually didn't have my own computer until like, less than two weeks ago. Um, and, like, I don't have a smartphone, so I can't go on apps or anything. And I didn't have a computer, and so I couldn't access a lot of these things. And, of course, I like, made a Pottermore account but I can only use it when I was at my grandmother's house. And she lives like half an hour away from me and I can't see her like every day. I will say that from the beginning, uh, Pottermore's goal was to be everywhere and was to reach out to as many people as it was absolutely possible to in, in all formats. And that, that was what the CEO said then. That's what the new CEO has said as well, that they want Pottermore everywhere so that people can see it. It may not work as well as the written word does as books have, as we can see, because there are places in the Harry Potter books that don't have Pottermore. But... Um, knowing that that's their goal, and knowing that there's also simultaneously, at least in the United States, an effort to get kids, even in schools, to have um, tablets and access to the internet uh, as a basic sort of human right looking at it in the next generation of kids, knowing that public libraries exist with free internet access and things like this all around the country. Like, it's getting better. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely getting better, but yeah. so that, I'm just that, saying that. That's something, at least Pottermore is really... I feel that they're trying and are going to be better in the next five, ten years. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi. Hello. Amanda. Amanda. Hi. Check out this girl sometime later tonight because she has a really impressive Bellatrix costume if you haven't yet. Hi. Um, I guess I, I count myself as a super fan, but I bear the unpopular opinion but that I do want her to stop because I feel like in some ways, things going here, there, everywhere, not necessarily for us, because obviously it's canon, we do love the content, but for an outsider, it almost cheapens the fandom. They're like, oh, look what Harry Potter's doing now. And I guess that's where the media come in and love criticising, but sometimes it's sort of like, oh, JK, like... And I don't want her to go backwards. Like, more content, yes, but when she came out and said the thing about Harry and Hermione. I'm like, J.K. I just, just no, please. Yeah. I, if you get a mis- if you got a mistake, keep it to yourself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely respect what you're saying, and I am 
a lot, a lot of it in your camp. Um, not all the way to how I feel, but I'm a very large fan when stories are fully told and they end on a high note and they, they step away. I love a complete story. I love when TV shows say like, we only have five seasons, we're doing five seasons, we're out. Um, so I definitely respect that opinion that, you know, it's been told and I'm so satisfied with Deadly, Deadly Hallows, beyond satisfied that, you know, <laughs> I, I can see where you're coming from. I can't remember his name, but the guy that wrote Sherlock Holmes, apparently he just kept writing things because people wanted it. And it got to the point where people were like, oh, this actually isn't any good anymore. And I, I don't want that to happen to Harry Potter. I don't want to wake up one morning and go, ugh, really, no, ugh. I don't that's, want a valid, that's a valid point. That was an interesting case because Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wanted himself and actually threw Sherlock Holmes off a waterfall. Yeah. And the fans who, who just kept writing him, and that you couldn't just block email. I mean, he had yeah. letters, you know, upon letters at his place of business, at his place of you know, every day from people angry. You cannot kill the best detective ever. So they forced him to go on, and that might be why it was lower quality or later judged to be of lower quality because he did not want to be doing it. Versus Joe possibly still wanting to be doing this and therefore putting, giving it up. I feel like she'll never let it happen, but you never know. Let's hope. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. I know we brought up, like, there's lower class people who can't access, like, Pottermore and stuff like that, and people in Africa. I live in rural Canada. I live 1.6 kilometers away from a major city. I can't get internet. Legitimately. Unless I pay $200 a month, and then it's capped at 20 gigs, upload and download completely. And I imagine so, Pottermore sucks that right up. Yeah, so I I went on Pottermore when it first came out, and I got an angry phone call from uh, my internet provider. I was like, yeah, you need to stop whatever you're doing. <laughs> and I'm a YouTuber, too. So it's like, I just, like, I haven't uploaded content forever, because if I'm at home, I, I can't have internet. And I live 1.6 kilometers from a major city. Because there's not enough people in my community, so they've determined, they've deemed that there's no internet in there. So there's people in third world countries with better internet access than me. <laughs> Another reason we want things like Wikipedia. Yeah, and like and that was that was my biggest thing. Like, yes, what like we can have stuff on Pornmore and we can have stuff in the video games, but can we also have that information in book form for those of us who like books and want everything? Like, there's no reason they can't have it in both formats whatsoever. Cheers to that. So and and if you don't live in the States or if you don't live in the UK how, like, it's really expensive and really difficult to go to the theme parks or Leafs and Studios and all of that stuff. This is my first time in Orlando. I've been, I've been all over Europe before I've been here because my dad ended up working in Europe. But if you're Canadian, you've got really kind of nothing, unless you live in Toronto. And then I think the exhi- exhibition tour went around. So I, I'm feeling now that the whole Harry Potter thing is more catering towards the, hey, you live in a major city in the U.S., so we've deemed you lucky enough to even have the chance of being able to see this at all. And that's not really cool, because the biggest thing we learned in Harry Potter was that it's equality for all. Yes. And that's not what's happening. Yeah. You're not, a real fan. You're not like, the realest fan. Yeah, like, it's, it's... gone to the exhibition and gone to the studio and gone to... Yeah, it's like you make geek girl shit. Like, Right. Like, it's like, oh, well, like, it's just like in the comic world with a fake geek girl. Well, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, you haven't done that, so you're probably not a real Harry Potter fan. 
And I've had people tell me that because I don't spend a lot of time on Pottermore, or I don't have the video games, or this or that. I have four Harry Potter tattoos. Like, I I have inked these onto my body permanently, and it's, well, you're probably not a real fan because you're not a super fan. Or um, recently, I think the Daily Mail focused on the ultimate Harry Potter fan because you'd spent 40,000 pounds or something on on merch. That doesn't make you, that doesn't make you a better fan than someone who can't afford that. And that, that's, it bothers me that that's what the fandom's becoming part of. What's your name, by the way, Doug? Izzy. Izzy. So, I like to, I like to be a troublemaker. (laughs) We like that. Me too. Yeah. Well, so. I don't think I think separately, like as a separate issue, you shouldn't ever let anybody tell you that you're not a real fan. Damn right. I don't I don't really deal with that very well. No. But but that's the thing is is what if they say that to someone who's eleven or twelve and isn't twenty three and super confident in who they are and what they believe in and stuff like that. I mean, anyone who has Harry Potter tattoos has probably run into people who are middle aged women or men going, Are you sure you want that on your body forever? <laughs> Like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, it's Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're, we're comfortable in what we feel as fans. You I mean, you guys have a little more and stuff like that. But we also have to think about the upcoming Potter generation, right? That, that don't have, like, the midnight premieres and stuff like that. They just, it seems like every single time you turn around, it's you need money to be part of this fandom instead of you need to have a love of books. Izzy, what's your local book bookstore? What, what bookstore would you be getting if there was another Harry Potter book? Uh, it would probably be Box of Delights, where wow. no one. That sounds like. Yeah. yeah, but but if I'm in if I'm in where, where my parents are, most of the local independent booksellers that I went to all those big events that have shut down, legitimately. Like there was a huge one that had a Harry Potter event that was like three stories high, and it was one of the largest independent bookstores in Canada, and they <laughs> shut down. I think. It, I don't even remember what it's called anymore. That's awful. We were talking, even if they do end up, let's say, coming up with a publication, uh, to send out all the Pottermore updates to every every bookstore they can possibly get it in, you know, you're still going to have to probably deal with the chain. Yeah. Because it's easier. You're still going to have to try and find the next biggest. It's like going to a city for internet. It wouldn't be much more difficult even if they did, or it wouldn't be much less difficult even if they did publish it. But I, but I do know, like, if, if it came out that J.K. Rowling had published something else, everyone would try and get copies of that book, even if it was a small independent bookseller, because they know it would sell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when they found out that it was J.K. Rowling. Right. But I actually sent my mother, that's a hilarious story. I sent my I called my mother as soon as that came out, and I was like, where are you right now? Because I was somewhere where I couldn't get to a bookstore. And she was like, I'm on my way home. What? I was like, you need to go to the bookstore and get a book. Why? <laughs> J.K. Rowling wrote a book. No, she didn't. Stop going insane. I was like, no, you need to go find this. And she walked into the bookstore and was like, it was like a big chain bookstore. She's like, I need this book by Robert Galbraith. And the people looked at her like she'd had five pens. Like, why are you so panicked about this author no one knows? And she's like, J.K. Rowling wrote it. And the lady was like, no, she didn't. And then it came out the next day and there was no copies anywhere in the city because each bookstore in a major city had one copy because it was a tiny artist who knew what no one knew. So that was, that's the biggest thing. J.K. Rowling's name on a book. It sells millions, so everyone has a chance of getting it. Meanwhile, Pottermore and stuff like that, you have to dig for information, and I don't have time for all of that now. I'm an adult with jobs. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Terrence. Hi, guys. <laughs> What's your name, son? Um, <laughs> my name is Terrence Pinkston. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. I worked for a little segment. Hey, oh, the night. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because he works so, for a month. 
Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I just wanted to go ahead and give my thoughts real quick on on uh, the canon discussion. So what what I think needs to happen is, um, well, firstly, my opinion of canon 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 was closed at seven at the end of the seventh book. Um, what did I tell you about that? <laughs> what did I tell you about that? Um, yeah, I'm sure he agrees with me. Um, but that, that was it. I mean, the story was complete. Anything that's within those pages is considered canon. What I consider Pottermore and everything else, all these little tidbits of information that we're getting, is extended canon. That's not, yeah, fan fiction as well. Um, but um, we also got to think about, as fans, we have to start, we have to start thinking about new media as canon. But we have we have to open up our minds and say because the the next generation is is, is evolving and technology is evolving and you know there are no more midnight premieres there are no more uh, book releases or anything like that at this time but we still need to consider Pottermore um, as being that kind of extended canon. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I totally uh, I totally hear that, Terrence. Actually, I was going to bring it up before, but there's something about calling old fashioned the book. When you actually publish a book, a writer puts their words in a book form. That makes it special in a way. And when you put it on the internet, through social media, even Pottermore as cool as it is, it's still like another medium. And it's such a shared space. It's just not the same thing as a book that someone can privately engage. It's uh, online somewhere that everyone's engaging simultaneously. And I think that kind of cheapens the words a little bit uh, just because the medium, obviously, that's changing. Um, and canon is this sort of subjective argument that we're having, is it, is it canon, is it not, but I think at the seven books, that that is pure canon, that is like a, a very pure canon, because it's in book form, everything else is this sort of additional material that each reader can decide how much they want to take it in, but it is not uh, not quite the same. What if it was in the book before and it got cut out, and now it's on Pottermore, still canon? But we don't know that. We, we absolutely... But Joe does. Well, and she I does, yeah, but but that shouldn't be considered canon. That should Disagree. be considered extended canon. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have much more time, so we can just keep questions to about a minute or so, so we can get everyone down. Um, I want to say something similar to what he was saying. What he was saying about extended canon versus canon. I am a huge fan of Harry Potter, and I've always been a huge fan from when I first read it in second grade, just before the seventh book came out. I did not find out that Dumbledore was gay until seventh grade, five years later. Because I did not go searching for that info, but I love the series. And there are fans like that who love the series, but they don't go on Pottermore or search out that info. And I feel like it's just, it should be kept to the books. I love the new info, but I feel like canon and extended canon should be two different things. Can I respond to that really quickly? Yeah. Uh, as far as the uh, specifically the uh, issue of Dumbledore being gay, um, as a gay individual myself, uh, I think that, that that was a big deal in how you read Deathly Hallows um, because it, it, it changed that whole aspect of Dumbledore and Grizzlebald for me reading that. Um, and so that was kind of upsetting to see that that was given outside of the book because that's not how I read it the first time. Um, so, and I love that new bit of information, but I was like, well, if you had wanted that to be intended, that should have been in the book. Well, I think that's why it wasn't in the book because she didn't want him to become, that's not what she was writing well, about, that wasn't her message. She was being, I think, you know, we're, oddly enough, we do have to consider no matter how 
recent, it seems, 2007 was a different time. Um, and uh, Rowling is very socially conscious. She is very smart in how she approaches things. Um, so I do think she was trying to be as careful as she could with how she did it. And she did it in a really good way. But at the same time, I think you have a very fair point that, yes, that does severely affect how you read the book. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Hi, I'm Connor. And first of all, Kent, I completely agree with you. If J.K. Rowling came up with it, it's canon. And also, J.K. Rowling, can, can the author of a work write fan fiction about the work? It's not fan fiction at the author of it. Unless it directly, I guess, contradicts the plot. Like, goes backwards and does something completely different. And just the way I see with the new information is that she shouldn't stop just because Harry Potter started off at its essence, it is a book series, but it became so much more. And to the fans, people who are going to be at LeakyCon, people who grew up with the books, it's something that had such a lasting impact. It's something we're always going to be thinking of. And it stopped being just a book series when it became so huge. And so in the back of my mind, I was always wondering what kind of, what other wand woods are there available that weren't mentioned. All this information that she did come out with in Pottermore. So just as long as there are the fans who are going to be asking those questions, I really appreciate having the answers as she releases them. Completely agree. Thank you, Thanks, Thanks, Darn. I'll be quick. My name's Georgia. There are two facts that are necessary to understand where I'm coming from. I live in Hawaii. It cost me $1,200 to get here, just for airfare, and that's cheap. Usually it's about $1,400. Another thing is I'm a teacher. I work at a school. I work with preschoolers. I play Harry Potter music during their nap time, so I'm getting in the house. And um, I tutor... (laughs) That's what people are saying. (laughs) I tutor um, middle schoolers, especially boys, in literature. So I kind of push Harry Potter a little. We've read Harry Potter the last three years. Um, I've had students who don't know about Pottermore. And these are kids, the school provides iPads for them, and they're required to have laptops. So they haven't done a very good job of maintaining the information. So I've had, I had a parent come to me and said, you should have told my son about this on a Friday, because he stayed up all night, and he fell asleep in class and got detention. It's not my fault. <laughs> so... This is for people who have access to it, and they don't know about it. And that's the age group that they're going for. These are 6th graders and 7th graders and 8th graders, and they don't know about it. And I also had a kid come to me crying because his parents want to take him to Wizarding World. Because this is the one family trip that they're going to take probably for 5 years, 6 years, and they're going to Disney World. So it... The accessibility is a big issue, even if you're in a first-world country where you have internet, and knowledge about it is a big issue. I'm like, read the first book, I'm like, okay, let's go to MuggleNet now, and here's <laughs> HPL, and you can go and find other things that you can do. And There's nothing more powerful, I think, you know, even with the internet. There's nothing more powerful than the word of mouth. We should, we should not ignore the potential uh, that words are having to teach or guide us into something, or the knowledge that is still, I think, the primary way that human beings should learn anything uh, is by word of mouth. And, and we only have one bookstore, too. On, I live on the main island. I live in Honolulu. And we have one bookstore. Once borders close, one bookstore. We have one Barnes & Noble. So we don't really have a whole lot. And Western culture isn't as big as Eastern culture. So we have a lot of anime and manga stuff. 
But not so much Harry Potter and that thing. But if you know about it and you can get it, I would say read that to your classes and read it in public as much as you can. Everybody clap for this teacher. Thank you. Thanks to our friends who are the heart of the heart. Open the double door. Open the double door. 